Are you ready for this? We're here! <laughs> Hi, what's your name? Hi, I'm Ron Popeil. I've chose anybody. Hi, what's your name? I'm Tom Purvis, trainer to the trainers. And Hi, I'm Mike Levy. Hold on to your power rod. But wait. What are you doing? Call now. Call now. Call now. Call now. Call or log on now. Call now. Call right now. Call in the next 18 minutes. Call in the next 16 minutes. Call in the next 7 minutes. Call these numbers right now. Hello and welcome to Call Now, where we plunge headfirst into this surreal world of infomercial. And while we can't offer you free shipping, we can guarantee that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are definitely those of this network. Thank you, Tim. My name is Dan Sturdivant. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts on this three-man we've known as Call Now. You guys, do I look like Mark Pedrotti? Hey, Mark. Looking good, babe. Hey. Hey. Uh, should dun, I be dun, nervous? Dun, dun, dun. You should be purvis because mm. momentum is what makes this guy dangerous sometimes. Dave Sandrini. Hey, Dave. What's wrong, Dano? <laughs> Nothing's wrong. Never better because we had the opportunity to sit down and speak with none other than Mr. Tom Purvis himself. And I would like to take a moment to take a victory lap okay let's go back and listen to episode two where i was team tom you suckers were team randy and now i will allow you gentlemen to pay your penance um before we get to the interview with tom and correct the record if you wish sorry tom <laughs> randy's cool so. yeah randy's great i can't imagine these could possibly hold a candle to our guy tom our main man tom purvis it was a great time, great conversation. Hope you guys like it. Without further ado, here's our talk with Tom Purvis. All right, you guys, the trainer to the trainers himself is here. For our listeners, this is not a long-form bit, and I did not suddenly perfect my Tom Purvis impression, all right? The man himself is on the line. Tom Purvis, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. It was really fun when I got your email because I thought, holy crap, I, I think I told you when we discussed on the phone, this was like two or three lifetimes ago in terms of, you know, things that have happened. So it's like, oh, wait, someone wants to talk about ancient history. I'm up for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, and we're very excited to do so. So we will say we reintroduced ourselves to your presence when we broke down that 99 cut of the Bowflex. It was something that we were all familiar with it was in our hearts and souls but then we really got into the, the nitty-gritty of it and you know as you said a few lifetimes ago and obviously you have and continue to have a widely respected innovative incredibly successful fitness career over the course of which you've had a lot of titles physical therapist director of physical therapy director of physical wellness and then when you were at the national academy of sports medicine it was right around 95 where you picked up another title which was design consultants and that shows up for for cybex for cybex yeah. and then also for the bowflex and so with that being kind of the first thing that we're very curious about can we start there about really what that meant for you to become and being brought in as a design consultant putting you in the shoes and in the room with those folks to eventually add the titles of host and presenter to your resume as well yeah it's it was it was a kind of a crazy time because i had um Back in 89, I was one of the first people tapped to help create the original, not that it's the same now, but the original National Academy of Sports Medicine. And so, I don't know, about 94, one of the biggest um, 
continuing education organizations, IDEA, which is an acronym like all of them, I-D-E-A. But they asked me to come create something for them called Strength Labs. In other words, it was their first really non-aerobic practical experience for these trainers and stuff. So anyway, it just, things kind of just like, I don't know, snowballed and, you know, you're on planes all the time and everybody goes, oh, that's cool. And you're like, no, it sucks. <laughs> and, oh, but you're in a new city. Yeah, but they're all the same because all Marriott's are the same and all Hilton's are the same. It's a bunch of fucking bullshit. <laughs> and so glamorous yeah. that year though, 94 <laughs> was interesting because one of the things that I kind of, a it would be a giant lie to say I have an engineering background. I have an engineering aptitude. Tinkering. I was raised by an electrical engineer. My brain goes straight to mechanics. I was building shit when I was five years old. I'm not saying it was good stuff, but I was building it. <laughs> and uh, all GI Joes died or either either died from falling or were on fire. That's just the way it was. <laughs> I wasn't into the Dexter stage yet, you know, where you mutilate. But... <laughs> that came later, obviously. Your clean cuts. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was all American. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of cable stuff. No, we'll get there. <laughs> but the second thing I got asked to do was an upstart kind of a educational thing for trainers called FACT, again, F-A-C-T. I don't know what the acronym even was. It's not even around anymore. But I met, I was doing a couple lectures, one of which was home equipment analysis, and the other one was commercial equipment analysis. And so a year prior to that, I had been introduced to some Cybex uh, sales reps, and they were like, holy crap, everybody on our, on our sales force needs to know these objective facts. And so they hired me to go around the country for them. I was about every other week I was doing things for Cybex, which, and we, you know, I got to tell you to their credit, nobody believes this, but when they asked me to go around doing this stuff, they said, don't change it because I was straightforward. It was an hour, eight hour presentation. I was like, okay, this thing, wow. this fly machine, it flat sucks, but this over here is a good idea. Well, they understood the value of third-party endorsement. And, and when I said something sucked, it made people believe that this might be a legitimate good piece over here. I mean, it was the truth. So to right. their credit, they didn't ask me. It wasn't like, no, 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 you can't say anything bad about us. They yeah. just wanted what I said. Mm. And it was a pretty good marriage there for a few years, right? And then I, I got the opportunity. I thought I knew all about equipment. Holy crap. It's the worst <laughs> thing in the world to think you know anything, right? Yeah. It's a curse. I got slapped in the face my first car ride with an engineer. I'm like, oh, you should do this. You should do this. And I'm like, yeah, well, each one of those is a $50,000 change. And if we don't sell any more of them next year, we lost $50,000. And so now the stockholders are pissed. I'm like going, Stock, stockholder what? I mean, it's like there's a, there's a business here. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so I got, you know, I got involved with Cybex. And there was a couple things that were interesting that along the way uh, in subsequent lines that, were, that came out were part of my this much input I had. That same year, somebody came up to me and said, you know, there's a couple equipment guys down there in booths in the little expo part, and you should go talk to them because you're the only guy talking equipment. Well, one of them over here right across the off from each other was a Bowflex and Ab Trainer. You went two for two. And the Bowflex guys had just created, they sold about 30 units a month, 30, three, zero units a month. (laughs) Whoa. And they had just started a trainer program where it's like, man, if we could get these trainers to sell them to their clients that they train in home or the trainers could put them in the back of their cars and they could lug them around. And it actually was a, it was a really brilliant idea as an early, um, as an early deal. And so, and they were ridiculous. You know, I always had a bad kind of a taste in my mouth, metaphorically speaking um, for the carnival barker type, which you guys do a great carnival barker voice when you're doing your little intros for stuff. It's pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) That's all Dan. The guy goes, 
Brad Carlson. He goes, let me send you one. And you put it together and tell us what you think. Well, okay, usually when people say that, they just want to say, that they want you to tell them how great it is. I was is. just going to say, tell me what you love about it, and then I'll hang up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so I, I'm like a biomechanist. I'm like looking at engineering. I'm going, well, it's here's surprisingly pretty decent. The thing that surprised me most about most about Bowflex was the leg the leg attachments, not necessarily the base unit, but the the one you guys looked at in the '99, mm -hmm. as well as the one, of course, that was the same unit in '96 when we started. Which, by the way, I first saw in the movie Running Man. There was a unit in Running Man in Maria Conchita Lazat, whatever her name, her apartment. Come well, on, no. guys! It's a Schwarzenegger. It's one well, of the worst Schwarzenegger movies ever. Oh, you have to oh see. we know oh. that. I, I just didn't know there was a boat. I know the boat was in there. I um, thought you were going to There was a boat. The first one I ever what? saw in 1987. I just moved back from California and it's like, what is that thing in that chick's apartment that he just kidnapped? <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was in Predator. Like it was fog and then it would disappear. And then, no, all right. No, no if it was Bowflex's <laughs> idea, that's what would happen, right? Yeah. And you have to have the guy in, in, in Predator doing the dry shave thing. And that dude's cool. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Phil <laughs> Duke or something like yes. that? Yes. Phil Duke, yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. That guy was yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's rad, yeah. There's a Bowflex in the Running Man. Wow, this is... Yeah, for this long. Yeah. Don't blink. It's in her apartment. Come but on. But anyway, and there's also in Men in Black, too. <laughs> we got to find that. What? <laughs> yeah. So, and I sent back, I said, here's three things I would change. And a week later, I got modifications, prototypes for those three changes. And I went, Damn. these guys are for real. They're like They're interested in a wow. quality piece of, you know, and they, and they didn't have any money back then. Like I said, 30 units a month. But an interesting thing, uh, that was a, a long evolution of a relationship, right? I said ab trainer was across the aisle. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you ever saw those things. There was ab rocker and ab roller and all that, all this ab crap. It was a big market for a while during about 95. But yeah, within six months, I had an infomercial deal with them. And we went on and with ab trainer and it made about a hundred million. I learned a lot about contracts with that one. <laughs> Mostly what not to do more than what to do. But um, the reason I'm bringing that up is, well, there's a couple interesting things, depending on how interested you are in this bullshit. But I mean, we dedicate a lot of time to this stuff, Tom. So yeah, please empty the bag. We're here for you. <laughs> no, they had a really, they had a great patent attorney. So they got this patent and they sued everybody else that entered the market, ripping them off. They made 600 million on everybody else's products oh, shit. and a hundred million on their own. Wow. That's smart. And here's what, here's the part that sucks. My contract was only with the one just for the, oh, you know, yep. so there's first thing it's like, okay, anybody yeah. in your contract, anybody else you take over any money you make from competing against me, they basically became my competitors. Wow. Right. Oh, I mean, what wow. it's, it's a weird, it's a screwed up world, man. Wow. Yeah. Damn. But it was those guys who produced that infomercial yeah. that I introduced to Bowflex because Bowflex did not have the money to produce an infomercial. And I took Eric Stilson, who did the Ab Trainer infomercial, mm -hmm. which, by the way, did not have a teleprompter. You were pulling that stuff right out of your ass every minute. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you got some of the Barker DNA, whether you like it or not, then be able to pull it off. But yeah. yeah. But you know that they didn't <laughs> ask me to do anything but come up with my own. Here's how I would say it anyway. This is true. Yeah. I'm not an actor. So it's like, it's got to be real. Otherwise it's just going to look stupid and it might look stupid yeah. anyway, but it's the best stupid I've got. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting because we introduced those guys to Bowflex and Bowflex was on the Canadian exchange at that point in time. They're a publicly traded company on the Canadian exchange for 10 cents a share. Oh my God. Canadian. <laughs> and so they made a deal trading out stock for production of this infomercial what? and it failed so miserably. I told you, Dan, the first one was horrific. Yeah, I know. Like embarrassingly awesome, horrific. Wow. And like one of those movies, it's like this. It's like, I don't want to see it, but you know, let me. We'd like to. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was so bad that Eric Stilson 
sold them back his stock. They also got all the footage. They re-edited, re-edited, re-edited. Next thing you know, a couple of years later, that stock is about $123 a share on NASDAQ. No. Wow. 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 You think yeah. Dogecoin is good? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> they ended up selling about 3,000 units a week. <laughs> From 30 a month. That infomercial wow. led them to $1 billion in sales. Incredible. Yeah. And some of it was... Much older. Where where Randy's on the machine? Yeah. Or with the when you guys put it to the test. And I'm in like really bad khaki pants and stuff talking. Yeah, yeah we mentioned that on the other yeah. show. Yeah, there we had some questions about your wardrobe. We felt like you couldn't have been in control of that. That thing, <laughs> no, well, that thing where it's, where he's on the machine talking. And by the way, Randy's interesting because he was the president of marketing and he was the Soloflex guy. Yeah. Mm. Uh -huh. Soloflex never had an infomercial, but back in the late '80s, Soloflex was that unit. You know, it was one of the first home things yeah and he was just the guy that just stood there right looking cool mm -hmm. and, and he was he sucked good gig meaning uh. he would stop eating pizza for three days and that's how he looked yeah yeah right we got that read plus he's smart as shit and so yeah he just knew how he wanted to sell this thing and we we just kind of mm -hmm. did an ad lib thing where we went back and forth and he was talking about how it rips him and all this stuff and i'm like going yeah but you got it. it's like working a muscle against a muscle my job <laughs> was to bring credibility to it in the sense that right you need to hold the, you need to do it this way you need to do it that way and it really wasn't my job to sell anything except to do what i always did mm -hmm. you know yeah. his body sold it well yeah, yeah. everybody's yeah. body sold it in that stuff yeah right. it did and that's always the thing oh i wait no 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 i'll tell you the worst part of the first one they made me do it without a shirt on. That's the worst part of the first one right there. Oh, man. that's what You'll never see it. And if you see it, we have to kill you. Wait, did that not make it, your cringeworthy <laughs> stuff oh, on your man. website? Your yeah, you're so stuff? open about everything else. You can't pop one of those on there? Just one. All right, for you. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> no, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, and I'm, you know, I've got a physical therapy practice. And they're like, no, we're going to shoot this in two weeks, and we want you to have your shirt off. And I'm like, What? I don't, I don't really know about that. Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll be fine. It wasn't. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the athletic infomercials versus product infomercials is that you have to have somebody who can perform it, yeah. not just pretend to be cutting a knife or something like that. So we were talking about that a lot where it's like you're in this weird world where you have to get athletes or gym rats together. And that's why we got such a kick out of this one. Even though I don't always believe that they're using that machine i do believe they are being in great shape yeah oh yeah <laughs> 24 hours a <laughs> can't day fake that working their ass <laughs> cannot fake that. really fun about and i didn't understand really testimonials or anything but that version you guys watched there are actually finally testimonials there are no testimonials in the first mm -hmm. one right no one had it yet yeah because it wasn't around <laughs> long enough and they didn't fake them that's a good point yeah right there is a scene where we're wheeling one in to a group of people yeah right that are very 80s looking there's a little mullet going on and there's some you it's know uh, song and porn stash and uh what do you call them leg warmers yeah you remember oh, that that's thing? our favorite part yeah. those yeah. are actually they're actors and they did a phenomenal job of ad living they were <sighs> phenomenal wow in subsequent versions we tried to use real people and here's what they do they sit in the green room like this like yeah i'm gonna be in an infomercial <laughs> and i come walking in and I got a flannel shirt on and it's like, I hate mornings and I'm drinking coffee and I'm sitting around and they're all sitting there talking about, yeah, I do this and I do that. And I'm going, and we get out there on the stage and they go action. And these guys go, it sucks up about that fucking tight. You know what I'm saying? It's so yeah. funny. They, yeah. There's badasses in the green room and they cannot even say a, 
I like, I think I like it. They, I mean, it's just, it's terrible. So yeah. Wow. Calling five o'clock hitters in baseball. Yeah. I think we put the money on, or I definitely guessed that they were gym rats, that you got yeah. gym rats to do it. But yeah, okay. Eli looked great. We're like, oh, that guy, that guy could play some hoops or something. There were some, when they showed people from other parts of the country, those were Bowflex users. Now, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in between sets <laughs> at the gym, I have who knows what that means. But somehow, these guys really, what was interesting, the original guys, the original president, the original creators, the original everything, were guys of tremendous integrity. And we did our whole deal on a handshake. Wow. And we wouldn't have yeah. a contract for a long time. It was a great group of people. Now, as those guys started making their money, and they hadn't seen their families in two years. They're like, we're retiring. We're out. Yeah, we're good here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so everybody they brought in, nobody can keep, if you don't know what built it and you don't know what it took and you don't know, yeah. you can't keep it up. You can't keep it going. Yeah. So yeah. it just started to dissolve over time because you bring in, oh, he was the uh, CEO of uh, Minute Maid. It's like, and that has what to do with this. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's a mess. But it was such a great group of people. And they really, they absolutely did not want to lie. But at the same time, it's a, it's an infomercial. Yeah. You know, and that's such an education for me. It's like, no, 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 guys, you can't say that. It's like, no, 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 20 minutes, three times a week. And I'm like, what do you mean 20 minutes, three times a week? And they go, Tom, (laughs) think about this. You've got people that haven't been off their lazy boy recliner in nine years, if ever. Yeah. Don't you think? that them doing anything is better than nothing. And actually there's some interesting Mayo Clinic research and all that kind of stuff now that says absolutely, because since we started that, the first one was in 96, the rates of sedentary lifestyle have gone through the roof. (laughs) So you take anybody and do almost anything it makes a difference. Why well, wasn't coming yeah. from that? It was coming from a bodybuilding background. Yeah, right. And stuff. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You tell me they're not throwing up and they're they're getting something out of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 That's like my my P90X theory, where I would see these things and then you look at the details of it and it's like 90 minutes for 90 straight days. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. Like if you just yeah. work out max intensity for 90 minutes for 90 days, yeah. There's no way you can't dramatically improve. It's very hard not to. All research is interesting because the key to quality research is controlling the variables. And the one of the variables that can't be controlled is what state is the person in? What physical state is the person in that you're bringing into the research? Because if someone's already working out all the time, they're not going up much. You got somebody who's doing zilch. It doesn't take much for them to make a considerable improvement. That spike. Yeah. So if I take a bunch of people who are zero condition, actually in the whole in terms of conditioning, Six weeks, I can do amazing things with them, but they probably, there's two things. They either have killed themselves to make that happen, so it's not sustainable, and they're going downhill after that, yeah. or they're just simply not going up at the same rate because their head's against the ceiling already, you know? Yeah. Is that why momentum becomes such a big part of you hammering in on the momentum thing? Because you're starting with zero. You're starting with somebody at zero, and you don't want it to be unsafe for them. You know, that little... It's funny you brought that up. What's yeah. wrong with you that you see those kinds of things? What's going on in your eye and your brain that you see this kind of stuff? That's what he does. He's a professional. It's all yeah. Dan's fault. <laughs> it's great. It's all well, Dan's fault. Well, yeah. <laughs> that actually was without any planning or it was serendipitous in that one of my biggest things when I would teach the physics of resistance training is when you start slinging stuff around, once you launch it, it's moving itself. You're not doing shit. Right. But mm-hmm. worse than that is when it's coming down on you, something's got to stop it abruptly and the more abrupt the more hammering there is as opposed to a slow controlled anyway 
that was already a thing. Mm -hmm. And I not knowing about Bowflex, not knowing anything about really much about elastomers or, you know, stretchy, bendy, squishy stuff as resistance. That was kind of a match made in heaven because I was already spouting <laughs> off about that anyway. And then they bring this yeah. thing to me and I'm like, holy crap, even if you do launch it, it's not throwable. Even if you do come down fast, it's only your yeah. arms that are providing the inertial effects of momentum-based stuff. The resistance is not. It doesn't care how fast you start or stop because it is not mass-based. It ended up being, there were so many things. Listen, I can beat up probably better than anybody the flaws in the infomercial, especially the behind-the-scene ones that are embarrassing to me. But <laughs> honestly, for what the average person out there, they do not need to be throwing weights around. They don't need to be throwing kettlebells around. They're already halfway arthritic, if not all the way. This is a really decent thing. And one of the reasons I thought was it was great as a home gym, because prior to that, what I knew from growing up was diversified products, DP, Marcy, Sears, whatever. And they, they all, none of them had a leg equipment that was worth a flip. Mm -hmm. You were doing squats and that was it. Mm -hmm. Well, come on, take somebody 300 pounds with arthritis and they're doing squats. What? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. the well, leg <laughs> attachment, leg curl, leg extension attachment on this thing was easily as good as the Cybex leg extension leg curl. Wow. And that's what threw it over that's the awesome. top for me. I'm like, holy shit, this is can actually do everything. Pretty amazing that someone could take crummy knees and this six hundred dollar piece of equipment and do something. Mm, yeah. Wow. That's wow. pretty cool. That's why. What's your feeling on Bowflex's like next iterations of all their equipment? It's gone away Wait, from how many what... generations? Because the ones that we did after that, some of them were really cool. I'm talking now. I'm talking where they've completely gone away from resistance. Listen, though, everything built now. Oh, yeah, they sell the weight. Yeah. Is built to sell. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I think I even mentioned on the infomercial was a lot of this stuff is built just for TV. Bowflex was around before that. That was true. It was, mm. my God, it was in running. No one now. remembers that now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like now when Bowflex build something they're building it so they can put it on tv yeah and mm -hmm. so you, you start looking at certainly price points that was an interesting thing about bowflex was typically they want a five to one profit ratio in order for, to pay for this production and this airtime all this crap mm -hmm. bowflex was one of the first two-step processes all they were really selling was something for you to watch yeah they wanted you to get a dvd yeah which of course sounds stupid now because you can just <laughs> click but they all they wanted you to do was call and order the DVD. They really weren't trying to sell you anything until later when they actually got big enough to provide their own financing. They made as much money off the financing of their products was, as they did the sales of their products. Yep. That was one of the things we jumped in on in our episode too. It was like, wait a minute, with your Bowflex credit card? Whoa, mm -hmm. they're playing chess here now. You could tell oh, that the yeah. maturity was there from an ownership standpoint. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, when I show up at 7-Eleven with my Bofex credit card, they give me extra power bars. <laughs> Do you still have an RX bar? I've never had one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They wouldn't give you platinum? Uh, that would have gone in the Call Now Museum. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's the one that only Jerry Seinfeld had was like the Black American Express. I want the Black oh, yeah. Flex card. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Unlimited. Oh, if anyone can get one. Yeah. yeah. That's a merch yeah, idea. I want to buy a house with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure the rates are very competitive on that. Yeah. So yeah, I think you'll be fine. Don't worry about that. So wait, what were some of the um <laughs> where go ahead, Mark? Did you have some more? Sorry, uh, just one more thing on that. Tom, we've seen some infomercials that we've definitely seen that they put the infomercial out first before they even start producing the product to get yeah. kind of that buzz, to get the exposure out there, to see if anyone's going to buy it. And I mean, Bowflex is one of those few that we've actually covered that actually has, has like tested time basically. And, and people can talk about it now and they've actually seen them in real life. When Bowflex started, they were originally distributed. They didn't have distributors. They were distributed through Schwinn. 
Schwinn bikes. So oh, if wow. there was a Schwinn bike store. I noticed it on the old commercial. Yeah. Yeah. They quit. They created a uh, division called Schwinn Fitness. And so that was because of Bowflex. So they would sell Bowflex over there in the corner of the bike shop. That's how all that started. It was long before I knew it. And it, there was not an inventor. There was an inventor who's actually made a lot of money on a lot of things with a lot of different elastomer-based products, aerobics, floors, all kinds of what the world will call rubber or fiberglass, which is not. It's it's more complicated than that, patentable. But I was, th- I think he was making seven million dollars a month royalties off of Bowflexes at one point. Wow, God, nice. and I could totally be wrong with that number. Yeah. But given the way it was going, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. But this guy, so you know, the the frame and all that stuff, he had nothing to do with. It was just the the product, the uh, patented power rods, polymer, power, blah blah blah, power rods, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I tell you, the coolest Bowflex ever was too expensive and too big, and it was, but it was called the Revolution, and it was awesome in terms of if I was going to train somebody, now you had to be an engineer to figure out how to put it together, <laughs> but it was unbelievable. And I pushed them; they had actually fired me. They came out with that thing. I consulted with that thing, and here's what happened: the guy, I'm going to get sued here. But I had to, when the new... Uh, they got to find his first time. You're safe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> somehow that never seems to be a problem when I say the wrong thing. <laughs> but um, fuck it. It's the truth, right? <laughs> so they hired this CEO that was supposed to be awesome dude and uh, understood fitness and had played in professional sports at some place at some level. I'm not going to give everything away, but... Um, <sighs> Bowflex at that point, I think, had $100 million in cash and zero debt because of the conservative nature of the people that started it. And by wow. the time he was there for a couple of years, it had $100 million in debt and zero cash. Oh, damn. And um, he said, he told his guy, he fired the guy that was in charge of infomercials, who was awesome. The Time Life guy I was telling you about, Dan, that like, yeah, yes. had worked on it. And he, he was Tom Canardi. He was awesome. Anyway fired him and he told all of his CEO buddies, yeah, we're not doing that trailer trash of marketing stuff anymore, i.e. infomercials. And you uh, know what Bowflex was before? Double bite in the hand, right? Bowflex <laughs> changed yeah. their name at one point when they started coming out with multiple products and they, it was called Direct Focus. So Direct Marketing is infomercials. Direct Focus was the name of the company. He basically took a company, previous name Direct Focus, and said, we're not going to Direct Focus anything anymore. Smart. So they called me up one night and they said, um, 2006, they called me up and they said, you know what? We're not going to need you for infomercials anymore. And I feel so sorry for this guy who was the middleman, like the VP of marketing who who had to talk to me. He was a cool guy, Mike Ambergy. He ended up going to Oric after this. And now he works for uh, Neutrogenics. Oh, wow. Oh, Neutrogenics. He's taking that through the roof with all those testosterone, male, whatever. But um, Frank Thomas. He goes, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll use you on the DVDs and stuff. Cause I originally, I wrote the manuals for Bowflex. I did all the instructional DVDs. I did yeah. everything. And um, he said, we'll use you on the DVDs and that kind of stuff. And I went, I got to tell you, Mike, I think I got a couple miles left in me. And so I started, I hired an agent and there was an ad product that was getting ready to come out. And I was talking to them and Bowflex stock across just three months went in the toilet because of this whole, just word, we're not doing infomercials anymore. And the investors were like, okay, I don't know what your problem is, but suck it up and let's do this thing. So I get it. This is, this is bad negotiation terms for them. I'm driving back at 11 o'clock at night. I get in from talking about uh, this other ad product with these guys in Orange County. And I got a message when I'm driving home from the VP of marketing at Bowflex. And he goes, Hey, Tom, 
We're going to do the infomercial you wanted to do, which was going to be the revolution because I was a big proponent of it. And he goes, give me a call when you get in. I don't care what time it is. Okay. When you say that you're negotiation, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. I mean, give me a call no matter what time. It's like, (laughs) okay, how much money you got? I mean, you know, that guy is standing at the bottom of the hill. So it was really interesting how that all went. So the last three years, on QVC and uh, in the infomercial were, were great years for me. The product was phenomenal. Everything was phenomenal. It was really interesting. The company was was headed in a really bad direction because it had bad leadership and there's only so much you can do. Yeah. yeah. What did the revolution look like compared to the Bowflex? Man. Was it a huge? Was it just a huge Bowflex? No, no, no. At first, it didn't have any bows. It's revolutionary. Oh, wow. Oh. There were no rods. Oh, I had- there was a point where we went back and forth on how the resistance should be should it be internally maintained and you just flip switches uh-huh. and the decision was finally made. You're going to take these things that look like plates. Somebody said, no, no, no. People want to act like they're putting plates on there. It's a bad idea, but they're basically people are stupid. I like that. It was called Spiroflex was the patented name, the trademark name, but basically it was another elastomer and you twisted it and it provided resistance hmm. and they put a cam inside of the machine that basically made the resistance when it came out flat. So instead oh, of like a Bowflex awesome. where it'd be like, you know, as the rod bin, it'd go from 10 pounds to 20 pounds to 30 pounds. This thing was just like five, 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 five all the way across. Oh, wow. uh, and it looked more like a, a functional trainer. You know, you have now like the free motion and that kind of stuff with the big arms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it mimicked that. It had those arms on it, but also it had this plate you put up there for leg presses. And it, it was, I think the thing weighed 50 pounds. It was like, you could have been an anchor for a cruise liner. It was so heavy. It was Awesome. And and you can look at it. I mean, it's, I'll send you copies of all these stupid infomercials all along the way. Oh, yeah. And you can beat them up. But (laughs) crazy. Careful what you wish for. (laughs) We might have some, you know, some further questions, some expert opinions. That's wild. The biggest thing, the thing that just hits me, you know, you're up there and your call is at 6 a.m. And and if it's a day when we're shooting the instructional thing, you don't stop till you're done. Well, the original unit had 60 exercises, the revolution had 120. So that was about a 20-hour day shooting that. Kill these people. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But the, all along the way, they never, ever, ever once told me that I had to say anything. Smart. Meaning if there was anything that I wanted to change in the script, they were just like, do it. If this doesn't sound right, just do it. I don't know who wow. else I could have possibly worked for that would allow that to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Yeah. That's probably yeah. why everyone loved it so much. <laughs> and that's the point about credibility, right? Yeah. Did you have workout buddies and stuff that you were trying to show this to that just laughed at you? Did you have moments where you actually got, you know? No, he, we, he weeded those people out of his life early. He no, knew. come on. There must have been somebody, right? That was just like. <laughs> no, yeah. I was the bipolar version of an exercise guy, meaning I was mm-hmm. competing in bodybuilding over here while mm-hmm. I was graduating from physical therapy school over here. Mm-hmm. So it's been my days working with people who were quadriplegics and I'd go in at night and do 400 pound front squats and try to destroy all of your muscles and so it's like so it's like this spectrum of people that i was exposed to was really important because i learned eventually to get outside of my own crap and start realizing wait it doesn't have to be good for that power lifter to be good for seventy five hundred thousand people yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah. that are just normal people and that the problem with the exercise world and trainers and coaches they think there is a way and there is a best exercise and there is the best way to do it. And it's like, wait a minute, for who? I've got most of my clients now. I have a client that's 100 years and six months old. 
right? Wild. Does anything that anybody does in a gym, does any of that CrossFit shit look like anything that guy can do? Yeah. So what we really have to do is take the, who the heck are we talking about? Right. And the thing, if you're going to build a product, you're going to sell a product, it needs to be to the biggest demographic that could possibly buy it. People with disposable income. Yeah. It's not going to be people that go to a gym because they love the culture of the gym. If you go to Pilates or yoga or whatever, it's a culture. You got the bamboo, you got the babbling brook, you got all the stuff, you got the pants, the stuff, you know, you're barefoot. And then you go and there your here's my chalk for powerlifting, and you got a whole different. If you're not mm. screaming, it's not a workout. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're saying, these are cultures. It's like me. And they're really, really <laughs> they're really important culture to the people that go. It's not, it's a piece of the results they yeah. get. It's a piece of why they show up every night. Mm -hmm. So they can't possibly understand. Oh my God, why would someone do Pilates? Because they're not you yeah. at yeah. all. Yeah. So this is a really important thing. So I, I never felt the need to explain anything to anybody. If they weren't smart enough to see who this was for and what it was about, yeah. or if they didn't ask me, go, tell me what you're thinking here with this thing. If they didn't ask what was going on, they don't know me and they don't have anything. I don't have any time in my life for people who don't think and don't ask questions. You know, It's fascinating that you were kind of that bridge between that and people's home basement or home workout. It's yeah, crazy. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. They should be able to calculate the total number of pounds lost. And you can like put that as a stat on your website. They could attribute to you that <laughs> like you have the sales number. Lost the first time or lost after, you know, they rebounded with the M&Ms. I mean, you know. I was going to say, I, th I think you get the recurring, right? It all counts. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like for me on my, you know, yo-yo weight loss journey, I can be like, Oh, I've lost 140 pounds. You know, I lost 60, gained 20, lost 40. You know, like the the up and down. If you do it that way, you know, get, don't do it linear. That's bullshit. Yeah. Give yourself more credit. The key word to exercise <laughs> that they will never promote, it is so non-glamorous, the realities. It is not about how quick you lose it. It is about are the procedures, are your methods sustainable? Right. Mm -hmm. So it would be better for you to do something mild that you could do until you're a thousand years old yeah. But you don't do this thing that we've all done where it's like, no, 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 I'm motivated. Now. Motivation is the end of all goals because you do it for two months and then you hate it so bad. Yeah. You don't do it again for two more months or two years. Yeah. So this idea of motivation, it sounds weird, but motivation kind of sucks when it comes to health and fitness. It's more about commitment rather than I'm so excited. If, I have never been as disappointed with students or patients or clients than when they come in and going, I am so motivated right now. I'm like, well, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Something's going to be going horribly wrong. Why today? Yeah, I want yeah. someone to walk in and go, man, I'm just sick of everything. I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to change or I'm just going to, I'm not liking the way my, my life is going. My, I can't walk, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. Then you see in their face. They want something that fits into their day, fits into their week. It's not a big dramatic thing. It's not, you know, like right. the Super Bowl and all this stuff. And next thing you know, they're making consistent changes. And I've got a guy. Oh, it's interesting to have a place that's been open for more than 30 years because I have clients that I've had for more than 30 years. So all these trainers come around like, oh, I get my clients this and that. It's like, you've had them for five months. You don't even know if they're going to be alive in 30 years. <laughs> and yeah. so, but there was this guy. And he had two brothers and he never really, he was a little dumpy, you know, and. Whoa, whoa, I resemble that remark. All right, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to talk to you about your ears. You really need to work on. <laughs> Which one? Or my lopsided face? Do you do anything for chin? You got any chin, chin recommendations? No, you got, you got Tom Platt's jaws, man. They're like badass. You probably got big quads or something. <laughs> Don't make it about you, Dan. I was going to say something nice about Tom getting some work as Clive Owen's stunt double. Now, you know what? Now I'm not going to say it. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not. Whatever. You know what? Nobody, nobody wanted to hear it anyway. But this guy, he worked out, at my, he worked out at our, for 30 years 
And his brother <laughs> was always like, well, I don't ever see him losing weight. Why don't you guys get him in shape? And I was like, but he hasn't gained anything. He's been there 20 years. He hasn't gained any yeah. weight. He's mm, only gotten awesome. grayer. And that's, <laughs> that's it. He's got the same health. And by the way, his brother died of a fucking heart attack. And this guy, this other guy hadn't changed a bit. Now I'm not saying that those things wouldn't have happened anyway, but come on, we but. want to see these big infomercial changes. And really what we need to do for health and fitness is maintain mm. everybody that comes in and says, I want to get back to where I was. It's like, yeah, but the problem is five years from now, you're going to be worse. If you just started with maintaining the shit you are today, it would be less shit than if you mm -hmm. don't. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you know? great segue here, because a few weeks after Bowflex, we watched Ty Bo, and we were so ready to goof on- Oh, Billy Blanks, he came to one of my classes, yeah. We were so ready to goof on Ty Bo, and then we're watching it. Yeah, we thought we were going to have a laugher. We're like, oh. We're going, wait a minute, this guy's doing the exact opposite of every infomercial. He's like, it's hard. It's not easy. It's going to take really. a long time. And <laughs> there's no equipment. You just buy a DVD. You know what I mean? And we're like, well, this guy just, he kind of changed the game to a degree. But I mean, you must have, you must have kind of appreciated that, that he was just like, no, 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 we're just going to beat you up. And that took off, you know? The sincerity and the passion. Yeah. And the only infomercials I ever watched, I would stay up a lot of nights and watch them, but they were fitness ones because I was curious what they were, what are they doing out there? Mm -hmm. And, um, Billy Blanks came to one of our, I think it was Columbus, Ohio, NASM courses, if I remember correctly. And um, he was a nice guy. And I didn't know anything about martial arts. There were all the other all the instructors go, oh, it's Billy Blanks. It's Billy Blanks. And I'm going, what? Who are we talking about? You know, I don't know any of that stuff. They're all incredibly but, um, fit. How do I help you? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, I was telling Dan about Tony Little. He only did a couple of infomercials. Everything else has been on Home Shop. But he's the exact opposite of the person that sells stuff. That's so weird. You know, I've got a couple hours <laughs> of interviews with him from last June and he's just, I've known him since 90, 1990. And he's just, mm -hmm. you're like going, what kind of drugs does he have to take to be that guy on TV? <laughs> he's so cerebral. He literally, before he shoots anything, he sits for a couple hours. He's like a method actor or something. Literally. Wow. He's, he's like mm -hmm. the Robert De Niro and he doesn't want anybody to talk to him. And he, gets into this place and he goes and he's this weird guy and he comes out and he's like, all right, let's go see the kids or everything's cool. Unclips the ponytail, hangs it on the rack. And then <laughs> that sucker's been real for a long time. Wow. Wow. That's so funny. Yeah, man. That's crazy. So Tony, so you met Billy. There's some obscure other fitness stuff too. And there's one that we covered in particular that I don't know if, if you've seen or heard us. We don't think it made it off the floor. Mm. We think it's just an infomercial. They didn't sell a product. I hope you've heard of it. It's called the contact body blast system. If it's anything in the past 20 years, I don't know about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it just misses the cutoff then. So Mia St. John, former world champ presents it and she's selling it. She's doing her best, but this thing, it's a dummy. It's a blow up dummy that you punch. It's an inflatable dummy. And that Ooh. can go a lot of directions. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Check out episodes 13 and 14 if you want. Yeah. It's yeah. very, I mean, interesting. She's <laughs> a, very attractive too. And there's a dot like there's, we, we drew some innuendos from the whole thing. And I think that there's was a lot going on there. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got the point. We figured that there was a warehouse somewhere that had some leftover blow-up dolls that they were like, eh, maybe we can turn into a fitness com yeah. commercial. Or it was like a yeah. Save the Sex Dolls campaign. It's like, stop punching your sex dolls. Yeah. Get this doll just for punching. It's always interesting to me. I like the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, whose idea really is it? Is the person who already teaches a class? Like, there was a thing called Turbo 
jam, some blonde chick who did an aerobics thing. It was a huge deal for a while, turbo something. Yeah. And she's a, she's a real instructor that does all the conventions and she teaches instructors and she's a real deal. And she's this little fireball and she's got the whole package of energy and she can speak intelligently and all this stuff and put together a relatively unique program. It still looks like aerobics to me, but it's like, right. okay, that kind of person, someone hits on it. Someone goes, okay, this is right. sellable. This is marketable. Mm -hmm. As opposed to someone going, um, we got to find, I was, I was, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember step aerobics. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Jen Miller created the step and I was in a meeting with a bunch of those folks when the step was declining and literally, I don't know if the pun was intended or not, but the meeting was all about the guy said, so we need to figure out the next step. <laughs> oh, I was going to step up. I would have been kicked out. No, what they were looking for was <laughs> what's the replacement moneymaker for this thing? And they tried a slide board for a while, but nobody could do it because the learning curve is monstrous. You know what I'm talking about? Like that yeah. slippery kind of ice skating looking thing. Yeah. yeah and, the, and they put it in a group exercise thing and there's like people falling down everywhere. It's like, oh, that's not it. Oh, God. It's just, yeah. it's a mess because they're so too often so busy looking for cash. Yeah. And I guess you can't fault people for that. But the problem is the consumer is the... The suckers. The benefactor of the bullshit, right? Yeah. 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 I had one more Bowflex related question. So it sounds like from a production standpoint, it was very collaborative. Like there was definitely a marketing team, but when you came in and when Randy came in, it was kind of, it was like, let's see how you guys work with this. Is that correct? Yes. But it's a weird evolution because the first one where Randy was in that thing where he was talking and working out and I was that was just an ad lib thing. And mm -hmm. there really wasn't a script for that one. Right. It was another Stilson production like the ab trainer. They didn't do teleprompters. Mm -hmm. And so we were again, just winging it. And even the handful of attempts at re-editing that and throwing in a line or two, but with the 99 one, the one you were talking about, the blue shirt thing, which by the way, is yep. when every shirt I ever wore after that became blue. Ah, I got you. I see that. <laughs> Even now. Because prior to that, we brought our own wardrobe. This was the first one where they provided a shirt. Oh. It's still my pants and shoes, but they provided a shirt. <laughs> that's nice of them. I'd be spilling shit on myself on purpose to see how many I can get. <laughs> <laughs> May that's just me. More mustard, sir. <laughs> that's where I had to learn how to, to read a teleprompter. I'd never even seen one before. And it's right there. It's like, okay, you're going to read this. And I'm like, all right. Um, it was just weird. It's like learn fast or die. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. they spent a half a million dollars on this thing and you can't fuck it up. Yeah. 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 Interesting. But that's when it got to where they'd obviously done a version of a script and they would send it to, to me ahead of time and go, do you have any problems with this? There's anything that's weird or whatever. And I'm kind of a grammar freak. So occasionally there were some things I wanted to change grammatically, but the bigger things were, yeah, I can't exactly say that. And they go, we'll just figure it out. Go, go figure it out and send it to us so it'll be in the teleprompter. That's funny. That's great. I can't yeah. imagine. Number one, honestly, it feels like I'm tooting my own horn. I think it's an objective statement. I'm not sure there would be any other infomercial hosts that would know enough about the product and what the realities are of what it can or cannot do, what they should or should not claim yeah. to even provide that input. I think they're just reading a script and they don't know the difference, nor do they care. Mm -hmm. yeah. My thing was I had a reputation. I had a life before that and I was going to have a life after that and I couldn't right. screw mm -hmm. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Put your name on something. Yeah. We got to send a copy of Pitch People to Tom because yeah. it's so cool. You'll get a lot of some of the people who you think are goofballs. They end up taking these crazy products and doing a very similar thing to what you're saying, which is, I can't say this. 
I can't say that it slices and dices because it doesn't. We got to change that. And they do it on the fly. It's really, really interesting. I got to tell you, those guys that look like they were at fairs and carnivals in front of the booth, you know, mm-hmm. do you remember the Sham Wow guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. loved that kid. He was just all over it like this. And I was like, oh my God, that he's either on drugs or be. his brain mm-hmm. is Einsteinian. Yeah. yeah. It's Vince yeah. Offer. The guy's name's Vince Offer. Yeah. Yeah, what a name. I mean, I he, love that kid, man. Probably made up. He was fast. He was yeah. awesome. And yeah. that guy that there was a guy that died that was Billy um, Mays. Billy Mays. Billy Mays. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. Do what did he do? Oxy stuff or what did he yeah. do? Yeah, I mean, he did everything. He, did he a kind lot. of built like yeah. an empire, but he started with OxyClean was one where it was like, wait a minute, we gotta listen to this guy. Look at that beard. Look at that perfect beard. And then yeah. he did beard trimmers and he did all sorts of other shit. Well, maybe he had the Ron Popeil spray hair. Yeah, thing. a little GLH. <laughs> So nasty. The babes yeah. are bad. Is that good for yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. Here's two fun things for you. Only two? Yeah. The all first right. one was have you seen the movie The Terminal with Tom Hanks? Yep. All right. Yeah. So once he realizes he's stuck in this place, there's a point where he sits down in some chairs and there's these monitors up behind him and the Bowflex infomercial is on one of them. And I was like, going, please, please, please. I wanted to be in a Spielberg movie for just that long. But no. Come on. Josh oh. gets it. Josh was this cool kid who in the last decade was the body of Bowflex. He was he was the coolest kid. One of the few people that could actually do what I said is like, no, 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 try to do it this way. You'd be like, okay. Yeah. Half the people were like, try to do it this way. And they're like, what? <laughs> what's wrong, Eli? This kid was so cool. And there he is, you know, in a Spielberg movie. Wow. Damn. Near miss. I think that one's on Netflix right now. You, yeah, you can't blink. Yeah. And it's this upward angle yeah. thing. And it's like, there it is. We're going to have to ISO that shot along with the Bowflex and Running Man. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's oh, so but funny. then you got to do Men in Black too. Oh, yeah. You know the little worm guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have an apartment in Men in Black 2, and they have a sawed-off Bowflex in it. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> oh, that's great. This is great. It's funny as crap, man. This is why we do this. I know. They should have had a, a tiny Tom Purvis and a tiny Randy working out. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. They're penciled. <laughs> Any more? Just three? Bowflex Easter eggs? It has to be yeah. in one other thing. We're going to find it. Well, there was a Saturday Night Live thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, and you also had, you had Tom Hour in Times Square. Wow, that was- What year was that? When it lined up, were you blocked a full hour in Times Square? I mean, you didn't personally, like, you didn't foot the bill. I'm not saying that. (laughs) Is that a YouTube, Dan? There was a guy that officed out of the Empire State Building, and he had three fitness magazines, and he decides he wants to do a a show. So he sees Bowflex and goes, I want that guy to be the host. And so he calls up my secretary and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, I, I agree to do it. He was a good guy. He wasn't full of crap. So we did these 13, back then a season was still 26 episodes. Now after with HBO and who knows how long a season is now, but we made 13, which was a half a season back then. I got him on to a local station here. He got him on to MSG network, Madison Square Garden network. Well, they had time on the Sony Trinitron or whatever the heck that thing was up there. So there was a naturally fit episode up there followed by the Bowflex infomercial. And it's like, <laughs> and I had all, my phone was blowing up. They're like, you got to see this. And I'm like, well, just send me a picture, stupid. Don't tell me about it. So, you know, of course that would be way too intelligent to send a picture. But New York's a long drive from here, boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Oh my God! Weird stuff, that, man. Great. Sitting around in Oklahoma, and the next thing you know, yeah, Times that's Square. nuts. Yeah. And so you mentioned a couple of the the folks you bumped into in the infomercial world, and it's funny you call yourself an infomercial outsider, 
But, you know, you talk about seeing these people in the green room at QVC and then in like the, the second line of your note back to me, you mentioned Joe Fowler. So maybe there's some confusion as a, you know, as a gramologist around the definition of outsider, but, you know, we won't pick on you for that. But can you please tell us about how you know my biological father and call now Hall of Famer Joe Fowler? We love Joe. Well, see, I, I'm an outsider because I had a job before and I have a job after, and I was really brought in for one product. Mm. And I was brought in for an expertise, not because I was a pitch man. Fair. Right? That's really what I mean by an outsider. Yeah. I didn't have an agent until they started messing with me, as opposed to people like, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be my life. So I met Tony Little because he went through the certification that I was teaching. I met Joe Fowler because his wife was a trainer and went through the certification I was teaching. Everybody <laughs> I met was because of my day job. Wow. So, so Stacy Fowler, you know, she's like, oh, uh, we just moved from Dallas. We used to live in Dallas. We're in LA now, Beverly Hills, whatever. Um, and uh, I think my husband and Joe is going to come to the next course. She started being an instructor with us for a little while. And so I meet Joe and he's just that what you see, that's Joe. That is just awesome. Joe. Can you imagine walking into a gym, getting assigned to train? Like you just joined a gym. They're like, all right. And you get one free training session. Uh, you have Joe. He's going to you know, help you out. In your it was interview. his wife that was the trainer. Hey, what are we doing today, baby? Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> He's awesome. But he was like we were talking about, you know, at that point, I didn't know I knew who he was because of Cobra. He was the reporter guy in Cobra. Yeah. He'd been on like yeah. coach, so funny. I think he'd been the sports broadcaster, <laughs> anchor guy. Yeah, he yeah. was broadcaster in a couple of things. But yeah. he's a guy who's, if I understand it correctly, he's so well-established and respected in that world. He gets products sent him all the time. And he decides, he reviews them, he tries them, he uses them. I, I think, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember MetWrench. Mm -hmm. My God, it's the best thing in the whole world. It could do both metric and English measurement. Shit. My dad's got a set. I've got a set. Everybody I know has got a set. Awesome. And we paid for him, by the way. But um, <laughs> that was one of the first things he did. And he oh, wow. writes the infomercial. He shoots the infomercial. He mm -hmm. does the whole thing. Wow. Produces yeah. it, everything. So when someone has a product and they're like, we don't know what to do. What do you think about this? He is one of the kings of that world, right? Yeah. From top to bottom, producing everything. Awesome. Unrelated yeah. to infomercial, but related to QVC. One of the greatest things ever that happened to me was I was up there a couple months in a row and both months Wayne Dyer was on at the same time. I don't know if you know who Wayne Dyer was. No. He wrote a million books and all this stuff. He was a, some of you would say motivational speaker, but he wasn't, he was much more cerebral than that. So I got to, I actually, well, he left in the green room, his QVC name tag. And I took it with me when I left. But the other thing was one of the guys from that ab trainer group, Stilson and Stilson, they called me one time and said, Hey, We've got an infomercial you might be interested in. And I'm like, what? It's called Little Giant Ladder. Oh, and no I was like, way. I was like, man, that's right at my wheelhouse because at that point in time, I was actually, I took some time off and built a couple houses. So I was like, I'm almost never not on a ladder. This is like totally in my <laughs> construction oriented world. That would have been, of course, they ended up with the guy from um, Home Improvement, right? The guy with the beard from Home Improvement. He plays Al Boyle and yeah, Richard yeah. Kern. Yeah. Kern, yeah. I would have loved that more than Bowflex. That would have been so awesome to be on. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's it. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh, man. Great connection right there. Would have missed the opportunity by then. Yeah. The ladder to the ladders. Don't you have a little giant, Dan? I got three of them. Man. I have, you like I have it? a Werner. I'm a loser. I used it today. You, you, yeah. <laughs> I'm still scared shitless of them. I'm thoroughly convinced they're going to break when they're extended out about 45 feet. <laughs> so yeah. are we whenever we watch one of those infomercials. because you've <laughs> seen that one where it goes in the middle. Like, no, Jesus, no. Yeah. Flexo land. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, infomercial host dies on Little Giant Ladder. That'll Amen. be my obituary. Man, <laughs> brutal. Tom, you've had a great career. We haven't seen any viral clips of you failing on a Bowflex or anything. So kudos yeah. to you. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be out there somewhere. No Bowflex fires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was actually really sad. I love outtakes, mm. behind the scenes stuff, and mm. they never really. You know, when we started shooting all this stuff, this is this is an interesting technological evolution it was all on film yeah yeah 70 millimeter 35 millimeter film so you couldn't watch and i was just learning how to do this teleprompter thing and i was like guys i want to see what i just did well you can't watch film it has to be developed Mm -hmm. so they went and got a vhs camera and a vhs recorder and they play it back for me between takes and they're like no you you don't want to see because most people it screws up and it's like i have to fix when i screw up i have to be satisfied in and of myself, I don't even care if you like it. Right. If I'm going to keep trying to be that person talking that way, I've got to know that it's actually coming. I don't want to be sitting in my house at midnight and go, well, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Shot on, shot on film. They let me do that. And then by the time it was over, it was all digital and yeah. all that stuff. And you could watch everything and, yeah. you know. And you were good at that point. You didn't need to look at yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I watch and most of them are still embarrassing. There are some towards the end where I feel like I'm actually more conversational. I think I was, I don't know, I'm my own worst critic. I'm not really happy with most of them. One of the things that I'm actually the most happy with was a thing called FitRest. There was a product that Direct Focus, i.e. Bowflex, had, and it was a mattress. It was an inflatable mattress like, what's the one, sleep number thing? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It was just coming up. And they bought this thing. It was the same idea, only it didn't have a number. So you never really knew, am I maxed out? Am I not? So they yeah. were going to try to reinvigorate that before they dumped the product. So we did a, a DVD, a sales DVD for it. And that actually is where I think I'm probably the most, I'm the least annoying to myself. I'll put it that way. When I watch that thing. <laughs> I like that as your threshold for success. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, man. And I got to tell you, you know, that whole thing and you guys, I know you guys have experienced this. Everybody does this the first time they hear themselves with their voice recorded and they're like, oh, I hate my voice. Because, you know, when we're, you and I are sitting around, we hear our voice resonating in our cranium yeah. versus when you hear it from the outside, it's different. But so you guys are probably used to that. But it's like, that's a thing that it took me. It's a hurdle. You got to get past all that. The ab trainer infomercial, it was interesting because the hostess was an actress. And so they had her up first and they said, let's do the reaction shots. This is the first thing I'm watching her do. I'm standing over there. I've never been in front of a real camera before. (laughs) And they go, okay, act like you just saw the thing. And so they're they're doing close up. She's going, and then she's doing 19 different versions of just that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like going, and you're like, the fuck have I got myself into? Like, oh, I'm yeah. in the wrong place. That was what she's doing. <laughs> it was you get to where the 30 people out there you don't pay any attention to, you know. So yeah. it's like in order to get better at that, I would be like, let me practice the teleprompter because normally they want somebody else to stand there to check lighting and all that stuff, you know, and yeah. get everything set up. It's like, no, I'll stand there because I want to read through the thing like a thousand times. But Mm -hmm. doing that, these people don't care what you're saying. They're doing their job. You think that they're all looking at you, and they're not. So it's a really important thing to get over. It's like get up there and get good at your job so it can all be one take. You know what I'm saying? It's some great lessons, life lessons almost, in terms of how to do a job. 
and make everybody's job easier at the same time, you know? Yep. Yeah. And nobody cares less about the talent than the crew. You know, that's just kind of the reality. It's like, it's, unless you're tripling their day, unless you're just keeping them there long because you can't get out of your own head, then they're like, can we get an adult in here? <laughs> well, the only person that's sad about that is the producer because they, they're making double money. Yeah. 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 Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Damn. So did you know anything about the doctor that was in that Bowflex commercial, Elliot Darden, Dr. Elliot Darden? Ellington Darden. I love that guy. He's a true. Ellington? Ellington Darden. Ellington. He yeah. actually wrote, he's written more books than anybody else who graduated from Florida State University. <laughs> what? Got about 70 fitness books. He wow. was the original author of all the Nautilus stuff. Yeah. The day before I sat down with Tony Little, I sat down and interviewed him last June because oh, I met him on App Trainer too. He did the diet for App Trainer. And then next thing you know, he's doing it for Bowflex. Just really interesting how these little attachments occur, but he's incredibly intimidating and face-to-face. -face we called it. Because he has no personality. <laughs> no, he is so everything serious. And you're like going 17 pounds per woman. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. The doctor's in. I always wondered how that was going to come off in terms of an expert's dialect, but apparently it did okay. I don't know. Yeah. I believed him. So did I. Yeah. My big takeaway was I'm not going to disagree with that guy while he's within arm's reach. <laughs> Yeah. He's got to have an Uzi in there somewhere. <laughs> he wrote the books on Nautilus equipment. He's definitely got functional strength at worst. He's probably pretty jacked. I bet he could he could easily knock me on my ass. I wasn't going to test Dr. Darden. He's good in my book. He comes smack in the middle of the infomercial. It must mean yeah. something. He was actually a bodybuilder back when he was in college, back yeah. in the 60s. Of course. Yeah. Man, yeah. we're good. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And you uh, mentioned a little awesome. bit of seeing some infomercials and some of your your late nights, did any of them stick out, whether they were fitness ones or just some awful ones that you bumped into that you can't shake from your memory? Because we're here for you, Tom. Yeah, there's there's one guy. We'll bleep it out if you don't want. Yeah. Fitness guy. I don't even want to say it. But we want you to say it. It's just, I knew this guy from long before. He always just self-promoter type guy. His lies were so horrendous on his product stuff. And he was, oh. I just wanted to kill him. I just wanted to kill him because I knew him. And I was like, no, I'm not saying I liked him or anything. I'm not saying he was a friend, but an acquaintance. And I, I just, I would see him and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You have like no shame. Do you actually even know what you're saying is wrong? Maybe you're just stupid. How do yeah, I don't right. even know what the deal is? Oh, man. Amazing. Whoa. Well, hey. You know, the fitness ones are the worst, man. Can't save everybody. I don't care if my George Foreman thing doesn't cook, but these fitness ones can actually be dangerous. You know, this is true. We're going to have to send Tom the contact body blast just so you can get a laugh out of it. Yeah. It is hilarious. We'll that one. Yeah. It's, Watch it's two tough. minutes of it. And, See, you're going to start this whole neurotic thing in me where I can't yeah. sleep anymore <laughs> because I got to go out and save the universe or some shit because of all the crap. Going. Yeah. That's this, it. Yeah. Yeah, you're the fitness <laughs> infomercial superhero. Yeah. Glad to, we're glad to have you, man. Yeah. The hero yeah. to the heroes. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Thanks, thanks for doing this time. Yeah, yeah. This I, I didn't know where you wanted to go, but I know there's certainly lots of goofiness to bring up in this whole world of stuff. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. oh no. yeah, no. The, the design of the Bowflex is just fascinating. I'm, that was really good. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. I want to want to see it in the dark, see its outline. You know, when you're just living it, the first infomercial three years later we reshot. Like I was saying, from '96 to '99. And then we didn't shoot another one outside of some little updatey itty bitty itty bitty things until 2003. So there would be 
three, four or five years where I wouldn't do shit. Mm-hmm. Cash them checks. You know, and then at the end, <laughs> they started coming out with a bunch of different products. There was a new product, completely different product every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I was up there every month or something. But it was just interesting in the beginning because it was like just something I did. And then three years later, like, hey, you want to do it again? I'm like, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. It's just, it was weird to think that it was 15 years of my life, you know? You got so many miles out of the Bowflex, even with commercials, because you'd be flipping through channels and there'd be commercials that was probably cut from the same shoots that you did for the infomercial. And it's rare to see a magic bullet commercial. It's rare to see all these others in a commercial form. And, but the Bowflex was all over the place. I think that's why we remember it so much too. They actually brought me in. I did two I did two 30-second or 60-second spots that never aired. But that was actually kind of exciting because I thought, oh, I'm going to be on mainstream TV, not just like 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But uh, they never aired. Yeah. But they were kind of good. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, shoot them over. We'll let you know what we think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can beat them up. There's plenty of room for beating them up. But, you know, as you can tell, we do offer a fair chance for rebuttal. So anytime you want to come back and let us know what we're doing wrong or, you know, be our fitness consigliere. Should we veer off the path and anything we talk about? You know, yep. door's always open. Yeah. <laughs> That's very kind of you. I try. Listen, it's very professional. Tom, it's yeah. the least we can do for you. You know, <laughs> after you reached out so many times begging to come on, we figured, all right, let's give Tom a shot. You know, let's see, see if he still got it. So you guys got to talk to Joe though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. he's had a much longer lifespan than I would ever think of. I mean, he's been doing this for 30 years. He could, he could probably tell you some awesome stories. Yeah. We would love to do that. Well, you know, yeah. a, a warm lead goes a long way. Yeah. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We would love to talk to Joe. Love to talk to Tony. All these guys who are just ingrained in so many people's memories. A lot of it's subconscious, right? Where it's like, wait, who is that guy? Why do I recognize that guy? Why do I know that voice? Like, oh. Because these yep. are things that have been playing in the background of our brains for the last 25, 30 years. Mm. It's a little scary, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. But it's yeah. interesting to hear how it got built up, though. It really yeah. is. And you know what? I think we started by laughing at everything. Yeah. And the more you dig into them, you laugh less. You're like, you make jokes, yeah. Yeah. but like you appreciate everyone involved. You appreciate yeah. the process of all this stuff. And we started this kind of as like, hey, this is something interesting nobody's doing. But yeah, we're still learning about infomercials that aired you know, 30 years ago. And it's, it's fascinating. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows why, but we're doing it. A lot of layers to those onions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like to say they're stuck in here with me now. This is going on in my brain anyways. Now these guys, they're trapped. So that's what I try to do. Spread the illness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, new tagline. What do you think? Spread the illness? No, you know, we'll take that out. We're not going to have that as new tagline. No, not after this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just stay with call now. Let's keep it clean. That's fine. But Tom, again, thank you so much for the the generosity of your time. You're welcome. Really appreciate it. This was great. Yep. Thanks again, Tom. I was honestly, I was honored that you would ask and it may sound weird, but it's just like, just the fact that someone appreciated any of this stuff was fun. (laughs) I just thought it was great. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. Awesome. All right, man. Keep in touch. We'll do. All right. Thanks again, Tom. Appreciate it. See you later. I love that guy. That was amazing. (laughs) Man, Mm -hmm. when we were going into this and I was lucky enough to have the back and forth leading into this with him. And I was like, oh, I think Tom would be a pretty cool guy. I think I was underselling it even. That, he was great. He was so willing to get into any and all corners of things, which was fantastic. And it seemed like he was just as pumped to kind of go back into the, the land of nostalgia where we try to live as we were. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Just a big surprise was the just kind of how much information he had about the design mm-hmm. and 
the rollout of the product. Yeah. The infomercial and the team. It sounds like the really good team that they had yeah. behind it, which we didn't really think about when we were watching it. We didn't even really think about how crazy, you know, the, it was like it was a crazy design. It was like, that doesn't come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And right. Yeah. I mean, just kind of like all the stuff that like lived out there in the lore of movies we watch and, and just like the pop culture sort of thing. So funny. Man, yeah. it just blew my mind to hear that it was in Men in Black too. Right? Yeah. I love that he had that stuff at the ready too, right? Like oh, that's yeah. that's funny. Like I, yeah. as he was like, oh, he's like, I got a couple for you. The terminal's like, whoa, what? Like yeah. <laughs> I know. I gotta check that one. Yeah. Running man one sounds like that's great. He's had those three hits right off the bat. Like, mm-hmm. Wow. That's yep. playing at a different level. And he also knew Joe Fowler was in Cobra. Yep. Like the fact that he just knew that yeah. means something. He's a movie guy, I think, which unfortunately we didn't get to. That would have been the whole podcast if we opened that can of worms. We'll save that for next time. Yeah, really? But yeah. <laughs> really? I think being able to go through, like I said, the design part of it. And it kind of struck me a little bit like the openness about kind of how things shifted mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Bowflex afterwards with the leadership change. And like, he tell you, he was just kind of bummed about it. And like, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, he said it too. He's like, I had a career before and I have a career after, but you could tell that like the genuineness and the true belief and the passion that went into it. He's like, it's a bummer that things turned the way they did with that specifically, unfortunately, but he also doesn't feel like a guy who really dwells all that much either. You know, so. you see the opportunity that he had to create infomercials for new products. And then it was like, oh, changing in the guard. And then all of a sudden he's reading the writing on the wall like, oh, don't think that that's really going to be what's going on for me so I can slide out of here, which is a bummer because, you know, in some of these companies have continued to make really cool products. You know what I mean? It could have gone a different way. You know what's nuts too is he does have that integrity. I thought we'd be able to calm a little bit on Oh, you would have done a ladder one. You're a fitness guy. Why a ladder thing? But then he he follows it up with he's like, no, I've been building houses. Like mm-hmm. this is who yeah. I am now. So it's like, oh shit. He just kind of <laughs> kept sticking to his guns, and I'm like, yeah, what a fantastic guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, what a dream it would have been if if Dan like three weeks from now, you know, this isn't gonna happen because it didn't happen. But he was just like, yeah, how the, about the Tom Purvis, the little giant. I can't believe he was almost on the little giant. Oh man, Tom Purvis with the it's little like the, giant. That's the most famous ladder in the world. He's got yep. three of them. He was yep. on one today. I love that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he says he's not a pitch man, but then like there is some stuff that, you know, we talk about pitch man innate qualities. Even the way that he phrased and delivered that, it was reminiscent to me of like the Jan Muller picture painting and story building for just the way that certain people will craft a story or will deliver information that they can't help but be persuasive. And even that, the way he talked about it first of teeing it up of it being an opportunity to potentially be the one who's going to pitch a little giant to then he's like i got three of them i was on one today i was like that feels like a scripted line from an infomercial right like that'd be a testimonial like oh Mm. yeah yeah. here's tom from tom's builders to go i got three little giants i was on one today you know b-roll tom going up the ladders oh nice then Mm -hmm. smash cut to the next testimony it does track really well for his territory meaning the athletic the workout stuff because you can imagine yeah. the world where Mia St. John, someone's like, hey, amazing athlete, pitch this horrible product. And she's like, maybe yeah. this is a good opportunity for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's the outsider in that he's like, this isn't going to work. 
And they were like, yeah. hmm, can you come back to our next <laughs> meeting? <You know? laughs> oh, you should be in the earlier meetings. Like, yeah. you should be the one who's helping us not get to this point. We've already lost money, yeah. so we're going to shoot it. And he's like, yeah. all right. It's pretty wild. I won't watch it on YouTube. It's pretty yeah. wild people trusted him with his opinion for so long. Yeah. yeah. He's smart. Even before he got into it, they were talking about the product and the engineering and stuff. And he's got no background with it i mean he loves engineer he loves the aspect of engineering well i was gonna say though i think the engineering mindset and background combined with the true like mm. physical therapy and exercise knowledge that he's kind of working through not just what exercise should i be doing or should my clients be doing but thinking about mm -hmm. what's leading to that exercise on whatever machine or weights that they're using yeah and you know his point is like he wasn't exactly a qualified opinion for those things but he was like the layman's version of a qualified opinion mm -hmm. we can understand what he's saying where like if an engineer is breaking down you're like i don't i don't know what that means i don't yeah can you say patented power rods again i get that i totally get that part but like <laughs> yeah. yeah excellent man yeah. he was great total gent i know i know he's got to be careful we're gonna start calling him friend of the show tom purvis hey now whoa <laughs> friend of the pod maybe he'll put that under yeah. a trainer to the trainers on his website friend of the show tom purvis that was it man that was fantastic hopefully it came through how much we were mostly just slack jawed listening to this guy and just letting him run that was a great time yep. yeah that's it. good job everybody nice work everybody we should go build an apartment to go have to go have fun at i think when all this is over we should get an apartment together <laughs> damn it yes yes you know what for a long time there was another tom and randy that were my favorite tom and randy ever and they came up a game short in 2007 so, you know, I think this Tom and Randy might. What's wrong, Eli? <laughs> what's wrong, Eli? This Tom and Randy, along with the What's Wrong, Eli, has supplanted the originators. You're all famous in my book, coach. What else do you need from me? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think I could sleep a little closer to you tonight. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, what can we say? All right. Team Tom. Bye, guys. Team Have fun Tom. at your apartments. Team oh, we got a, oh, we got a convert. That's it. That's a T. You have to change that to a T. Team Tom, we're wrong. Thank you all for tuning in. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, or follow on your preferred podcast medium. And for all things Call Now, visit callnowpodcast.com. And if you want to connect with the boys, you can find them at callnowpodcast on Twitter and Instagram, or send them an email at callnowpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't fight the urge to pick up the phone and call now, you can leave them a voice message at 617-356-7439. If you call in the next 30 minutes, you might just be the next star of Call Now. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you tune in next time to Call Now. Thank you for listening. This has been a B-plus effort. We'll try harder next time.